Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers. We are your hosts. I am Amy and that is Emma. And we are really excited to be back. We've got a lot of exciting, important things going on in our lives. And we are a little late because life is busy. So sorry about that. But it's summertime, summertime's busy. It is. Today we're going to be discussing two parasomnia ep- events, episode types, whatever you want to call them. And we're going to be talking about sleep paralysis and night terrors. And this is actually a topic that was suggested to me from my friend Jessica when I was telling her about one of my recent episodes, which I will get into later. Um, Because I feel bad for those of you listening, potentially right before you go to bed. And because this is an episode that specifically deals with creepy shit that happens when you sleep, I thought it only fitting to have a drink that kind of aids and helps you get to sleep. So we are bringing back the Boozy Hot Cocoa. It's one of my favorites. I freaking love it. And like Emma said, it is summertime, so we put a little twist on ours, which you can do with yours also. And we made ours frozen, and it's freaking delicious. Super easy. We use hot cocoa packets. If you're one of those fancy schmancy cocoa makers that like to make like your own cocoa with like cocoa powder and all that crap, go for it. I'm not that fancy. I just shook the packet and put it in there. So you just get your favorite cocoa, uh, add some Irish cream, top it with whipped cream if you want. Uh, We decided to go ahead, like I said, and make it frozen. So we just added some ice. Fair warning, it gets very frothy. So you don't overfill your blender like I did. I actually had to take part of it out and pour it into a glass and then go back in with the ice. So fair warning. If you don't like Irish cream, you can put lots of other things in there, depending, just kind of think of it like if you're gonna go out and order a hot cocoa, like especially hot chocolate. You can add flavored vodka, you can do like a little salted caramel, some vanilla, really just depends on what your preference is. So we have our Baileys with a splash of butterscotch schnapps because I wanted to jazz it up a little bit. Frozen hot cocoa. So cheers to everybody. Cheers. And we hope you enjoy our episode. I'm really excited about this one because it's something that I have had issues with my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And Emma can attest, I am a very bad sleeper. Yeah, I can indeed attest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to kind of give you a little background, because a lot of times when I tell people I have night terrors, they're like, oh yeah, I have nightmares too. And they're not the same. Nightmares and night terrors are not the same thing. They're not even really, I don't think, like brain waves wise, even like in the same realm. So, night terrors are things that happen within the first few hours of sleep when the person has not yet entered into the deepest sleep that's known as REM sleep. So that's when you're like having actual dreams where most nightmares occur. Or they occur at the end of sleep when the person is waking. So think about like that first hour or last hour when you're getting ready to get up or just got got to bed. They can last anywhere from one to 10 minutes and they mimic the symptoms of a full-blown panic attack. And I can attest to this. These Feelings include feelings of panic or dread, um, sudden motor activity like thrashing your arms around, um, sweating, rapid breathing, increased heart rate, 
um, in my case, sometimes um, really loud screaming. I have unfortunately hit people <laughs> um, on multiple occasions. Oftentimes I jump out of bed. Um, you can also have sleep paralysis and delusions or hallucinations along with night terrors. So it's kind of like a mixed bag of bullshit. Yeah, do you ever have, you, have you ever had a night terror? Um, no. I mean, I have really bad nightmares. And I, like, when I was, was younger, like, I sleepwalked a lot, but I yeah. don't think I've ever had, like, a full-on night terror. I mean, I, I've jumped out of sleep before, yeah. but never, like, I haven't sleep paralysis. Yeah, we'll talk about that one a little but bit. I've not had You can share your stories about that one. Um, it is also, like I said, really scary for the person experiencing the night terror because unlike nightmares, when you wake, it takes your brain a while to realize that you're actually awake. So it makes it nearly impossible for many people, including myself, to return to a feeling of normalcy. Because your brain's like, oh no, this is really happening. This shit's like happening right now. Not only that, but it affects your body. So your body is like going crazy. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it can take me almost an hour for my heart rate to go back to normal enough where I feel like I can even try to go to sleep. When we first, when your dad and I first got married, I would have such bad episodes that I would actually make him drive me around because they always centered around something being in our apartment and it freaked me out and I just couldn't stay there. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's a really weird, terrifying experience. Um, I did find some really good reasons for why it takes me so long to get back to sleep and a little tidbit about how entirely crazy I am. I don't know, I think it's the physical symptoms, but I always have to eat something sugary after I have a night terror and I don't know if my sudden rush of adrenaline causes my blood sugar to plummet mm -hmm. but there actually were some things that I read that said that it can actually cause some insulin Probably. issues. Yeah. Yeah. So during sleep studies when people like they just signed up for a normal sleep study like say they had sleep apnea and they just so happened to have night terrors during the process of the sleep study. They, when they were experiencing the night terrors, they were hooked up to all of these things, monitoring their brain waves. And they found that all of the subjects had very high voltages of delta brain activity, an increase in muscle tone, and a doubled or faster heart, heart rate upon waking. So this indicates that the brain is still technically in a sleep pattern, even though the person thinks and feels as though they are awake. So you're literally in between like sleep and wake. It's mm -hmm. like a really weird phenomenon. I lost my brain. Isn't it like your brain thinks you're asleep but your body thinks you're awake essentially? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, episodes also include tachycardia, which is a dangerous irregular heartbeat. So your heart will go super fast and then super slow and then super fast and super slow and up and down all the time, which is really the thing that bothers me the most about mine and very common with people with panic attacks too. So, uh, night terrors are also associated with intense autonomic discharge or technically, like no technical terms, it's the fight or flight response. So it's the exact same thing that would happen to you if you were in a situation where somebody was coming at you, your brain does the same. So it's an unconscious or involuntary rapid breathing, reddening of the skin, profuse sweating and dilation of the pupils. So it's very obvious you can see all the physical symptoms along with the psychological and emotional toil that mm -hmm. night terrors take. If you have night terrors, we'd love to have you share some of your experiences. Um, there are some pretty scary hallucinations that are related 
to night terrors and reported with night terrors. And some of the ones that most people report are like waking up and sensing an intruder in your room. So they hear footsteps, hear voices, see shadows, etc. Um, this, a weight or pressure on the chest is more common with sleep paralysis, but there are some people that have night terrors that do say that they have it. Um, floating, levitation, or out-of-body experience. The sensation of being choked, strangled, or sexually assaulted. Trigger warning, we are going to be talking more about that later. Um, and then this is the one that I think is most bothersome for people that are in the studies is that it is very common to see a person or demon hovering above you, sitting on you, or standing at the end of your bed. It's also with sleep paralysis, it too. Is. There is little known about night terrors, but scientists and doctors continue to study them in an attempt to alleviate the horror for those who suffer. It is believed that lack of sleep, improper diet, stress, genetics, which is why I asked if you have night terrors, and trauma all lead to night terror onset. That's Those are like... The things that you see that could be the cause for everything. Pretty much, yeah. Like, literally, they'll be like, oh, our cat's going ham. Hold on. We are getting ready to move, so the moving boxes are sitting around, and the cat thinks it's the best thing in the whole entire freaking universe, and she, she's currently beating your head above it. Well, you'll look up, like, um, like, when I have, I get really bad, uh, Russell's leg syndrome in my sleep, which causes like horrific Charlie horses in my legs. And literally when you look it up, those are like <laughs> five things they mm-hmm. tell you that can cause it because they're like, we don't actually have a reason or justifiable explanation for these things, but we're just going to list like the five things that can be possible for any person right. who's experiencing this. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it really is like the number one cause of early death and everything Mm -hmm. like stress bad diet it doesn't even have to be like prolonged problems either like you could just have a bad week where you're just not able to sleep as much because you're super tired and then you'll start having an increase in night terrors if you suffer from night terrors there is a possibility that medication or therapy may help um i have not found anything yet that really helps with mine other than trying to get enough sleep um but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try for yourself also, do you think there's little known about night terrors because there's just little known about dreaming in general? I think like, so. scientists don't even know why we dream. Yeah, maybe. There's, like, no scientific explanation for why our brains dream when we're asleep. I think that's because we're still... I mean, I know people that don't dream. There's, like, theories of, like, why we dream, like, why our brain does what it does when we're unconscious, but, I mean, how are they going to know a lot about like sleep phenomena when they don't even know why we dream to begin with. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe that's why they are still, you know, kind of looking into it. When you dream, this is like kind of a little sidebar. Is it uh, like first perspective? First like first person? person? Like, are you seeing, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> extra cough. Are you seeing it from your like own eyes or are you watching yourself? I'm usually an active participant. So it's me. It's a first person point of view. Yours? Usually first person, but sometimes not. I don't think I've ever had a dream where I wasn't the herself. Really? Where I'm like weird. watching myself. Yeah. It's almost like I'm like God in this guy, like watching myself. It's very odd. Yeah, I've never had that. I'm going to try. It's always and... usually bad dreams, but. I don't know. I was going to say I'm going to try to will it to be, but I don't want to will a bad dream. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so the thing about night terror is that most people who get them, 
are actually kids. And usually they outgrow them before they become adults, which would be really nice. But unfortunately that is not the case for me and a few other adults. Um, later, I'm gonna discuss some of my common night terrors and what I believe to be the factors that bring them on. Um, but before that, we're gonna talk about sleep paralysis. And fortunately for me, I don't experience sleep paralysis yet, but many other people do. And I think you've had sleep paralysis, you said. Yeah, I have. So just a technical definition, it is a temporary inability to move or speak when falling asleep or waking. So kind of in the same time frame as the um, night terrors, usually the first hour or last hour. And I found it really startling that more than 3 million cases are reported in the U.S. alone each year. And I saw this said 8% of people globally report having at least one episode, but some of the numbers were up to 40%. So it's a very big thing. Sleep paralysis is accompanied by, usually accompanied by chest pains, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, um, feelings of choking, sweating, trembling, lightheadedness, and nausea. Nausea. I said it all fancy. Uh, like night terrors, sleep paralysis can also mimic the signs of a panic attack, but it lacks the flight, fight or flight response, which is why you can't move. And I think that's probably the scariest thing for most people that have sleep paralysis is that they're having the hallucinations and they're having the scary things happen, but you're literally helpless and can't move at all. Yeah. Do we have any Haunting of Hill House fans out there? Because mm -hmm. Nell had sleep paralysis. Yeah. And, she, and they portrayed it very well. And she tried really hard and was able to kind of get herself talked out of it, mm -hmm. which kudos to her. I think that would be really hard to do. I mean, I would hate to lie helplessly until my brain, like if my night terrors were like that, I can't even imagine because... Mm -hmm. It's scary enough being able to get up and like run away from whatever freaky thing my brain's conjuring up. Yeah. But to have to sit there and deal with it would be freaking horrible. Well, some people can even like will themselves to have sleep paralysis. There's like, it was back when the whole, I think it was right after Insidious came out and like astral projection was like a huge thing. Lucid because dreaming and they, Yeah, lucid dreaming. They claim to like get to the state of lucid dreaming and astral projection, which I don't really even necessarily buy into. But I do. Um, to get to that state, you have to elicit sleep paralysis on yourself. And it's essentially like you have to like lay on your back flat on your back and like breathe, like do really labored breaths and like slow them down until exhaustion hits essentially. Mm -hmm. And then like don't fight your sleep, which I guess can trigger sleep paralysis for some people. I'm not sure why you would want to trigger that for yourself. It's not very enjoyable, but no, that'd be horrible. Um, I, I really hope I don't ever have to worry about that. And I did say earlier that it's the beginning and the end of sleep, but it is actually during the deep part of sleep, the deep REM sleep. So something happens and you wake up and then your brain still, I guess, I don't know. I, all of this blows me away. I've looked into it so many times because it's been such a constant thing for me. Um, <clears throat> even though there is some connection to possible narcolepsy or other <clears throat> Excuse me. I also have ice cream cough. <laughs> Some other, um, it's actually kind of scary when you start looking at it because there are lots of people that believe that it might mean that you're going to have like actual delusions later in life, that you could actually be schizophrenic or have some kind of BPD or things like that. And it's manifesting in that way. But there is a huge giant faction of the world that believes that night terrors and sleep paralysis both are paranormal and that 
science is trying to explain away things that are actually completely from another realm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that when we get back on the other side of the break in a minute so that we can dive a little bit more into and then maybe we can get some feedback. Do you think it's paranormal or do you think it's scientifically explained? Because I, having experienced them, I think I'm leaning more towards the paranormal side. So we will be right back. We're going to take another drink and get rid of these ice cream coughs. <laughs> While science continues to study these events, historically night terrors and sleep paralysis have been linked by many societies and cultures to demonic attacks, demonic possessions, black magic, incubi and succubi, paranormal activity, and ultimately an attempt to steal someone's soul. During my research, I found documentation of sleep demons in countless cultures. While the symptoms of the night terrors and sleep paralysis remain the same, the physical symptoms like the palpitations and things like that, the visions vary quite a lot depending on location, religious beliefs, and other factors, which makes me wonder if they are really hallucinations or do our specific demons seek us out. That's kind of why I'm on the fence about if I think it's scientific or not. The main culprit behind all sleep demons is an entity known as the night hag. This name is really just a general term for a collective experience that all people with night terrors and sleep paralysis report. She, or rather it, as I'm gonna call it, represents the physical feeling of being immobilized and sensing or seeing a supernatural presence near you. <clears throat> the night hag has many names, um, I'm actually kind of uncomfortable even talking about the night hag because if you listen to our Ouija experience pod, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. You'll know. But when that entity called itself a hag, that's immediately what I thought of. Mm -hmm. And since I do have night terrors, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> she found me. Um, in Cambodia, the demon is known as, quote, the ghost that pushes you down. They believe the demon is a dead relative who visits you to do you harm. So I don't know if you had to like piss this relative off before they died or if they just come back because they're being forced to. There wasn't Probably really a whole lot. goes back to like the trauma thing, I would assume. Maybe. Somebody who used to pick or did bad things to you before. Maybe. That makes sense. <clears throat> in Egypt, primarily in Arab culture, they have a very interesting belief that they believe the um, spirit responsible is the jinn. I think I'm saying that right. Have you heard it said differently? No, but that looks like what I would say. Yeah. Um, jinns are what we, as a Eastern culture, Western, Western culture. <laughs> we are in the West. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, would call a genie. So think of like, not necessarily... Aladdin. Yeah, but Jafar. Oh. Definitely Jafar. Not, they're not really good ever. Um, well, they're not good or evil. They just simply are, but most they're of them... They're not going to grant me my three wishes? No, um, not really. They are invisible creatures made of fire and air that can change form at will and are considered, like I said, to be neither good nor evil specifically. They just kind of simply are, and they can choose whether or not they're good or evil based on the, based on the situation. They're, they kind of remind me a little bit of the um, Skinwalker. Because they can appear as snakes, scorpions, lizards, and even humans. Which would make it really hard to know if you were around an actual gin genie. Uh, gins are even able to eat, drink, sleep, and die. But they are thought to live for thousands of years. The belief is also that a gin will have to answer for its sins. So the things they do here on Earth while they're being evil genie are going to follow them into the next world. 
The Egyptians believe jinns seek out revenge on humans that have hurt them and sometimes even attempt to mate with humans, yeah, to produ produce more jinn offspring. God. Yeah. That. That's another reason for me to never get in a relationship. <laughs> in case it's a jinn? Yeah, what if it's just a jinn trying to get more jinn babies? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tinder just got so much scarier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm put that in my bio. Please disclose if you are a gin before swiping right. Oh my god. Um, are you on your good cycle or bad cycle? I don't yeah. Um, often a gin will possess a human and then you will have to have an exorcism, which makes perfect sense. Um, it said that like dark witches and warlocks can summon a gin and force them to do their bidding. And they are used by fortune tellers or soothsayers, for those of you who like Julius Caesar, I like that word, <laughs> to reveal information about the past and present, and may even be able to tell when someone will die. So, I would imagine... What can't these motherfuckers do? <laughs> they, they, My God. Yeah, they do everything. Doing everything. And I would imagine that it would be a very risky thing for a fortune teller to do, because that's probably going to piss them off and they're going to come after you. Well, can they be good? The... The gin, mm -hmm. they can be good, but so then but they seek out good ones. But they seek out people who have. It says they're forcing them to do stuff. I would imagine <laughs> it's going to piss them off if you're a, a a soothsayer and you force this gin to do your bidding. That's a pretty risky proposition. Well, they're there. not. I think the soothsayers and the fortune tellers just use them to um, tell them stuff about the future. So like channeling spirits. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. It says the mind flare. <laughs> just finished watching Stranger Things. Watch it. Um, in Italy, it is an evil cat-like being called the Pantafeshi. I'm, I'm not Italian. Um, and it pounces on the chest of the sleeping person and attempts to harm them. She can be stopped by placing beans or sand beside your bed. And this actually made me laugh a little bit. Um, it is believed she can't resist counting and will stop her attacks to see how many grains of sand or beans are in the bag. What did we talk about that... There's another thing that we talked about that um, you can, like, throw it off its course if you Was it the make it count. chicken leg lady? Because it can only count to a certain number, so you have to give it more than what it can count to. Was it the chicken leg lady? The um, <laughs> one that, like, had the house or whatever? Yeah. I think that's... I think she was a hag, so that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, if you are in Italy and you're being attacked by the panafeshi you better hope you have a big bag of sand and it's enough to keep her going till morning because <laughs> that's really scary um italy has their fair share of sleep demons they have a couple others they have one called the amantadore which mm -hmm. is a creature that can actually take on the shape of your worst fear which i'm not sure how you would be able to encapsulate suffocating darkness and void but that would be my biggest fear so I wonder maybe. if they can like go in your head and just make you feel it maybe that'd be really scary and then there's a thing called the trud which is a witch who sits on your chest and can be driven away by making the sign of the cross but this is during sleep paralysis so that's kind of hard to do you can't exactly be drawn the sign of the cross unless mm -hmm. you're I mean I guess you could try it with your eyes because you can move your eyes during sleep paralysis right yeah. Can you do the sign of the cross with your eyes? Up, down, over, over? I don't know if that's what they mean by I sign mean, of the cross. Hey, if you're ever around there, maybe try that. In Newfoundland, they refer to their demon as simply the old hag. She can be either human or animal and sits upon the chest of the victim. 
She can be driven away by sleeping with a Bible under your pillow or calling the person's name backwards. So if you're having sleep paralysis and the old hag is on you, I can say your name backwards, which is Amy. Um, so <laughs> be easy for me to remember. Or you could sleep with something called a hag board on your chest. And a hag board is a board with nails sticking out of it. And if you are a tosser or a turner, I wouldn't recommend that as your mode of, yeah. Now, how do you even get comfy with that? I mean, you would be sleeping on your back and then the nails would yeah, be sticking out. Yeah, but you just out, put but... your blanket over your nail board? <laughs> I, like, I would what? imagine the blanket would go under the nail board so that the oh. hag would fall on it. I don't recommend that. No, I'm not doing that. People, yeah. If you ever see me doing that, submit me to a ward. <laughs> I've lost my mind. <laughs> um, in South Africa, South Africans believe black magic conjured up sleep demons called Tokoshi. And they are small, menacing, dwarf-like creatures. And they just kind of run amok and wreak havoc. And interestingly, I found that the most common reported hallucination in the United States, outside of just the general hag, is aliens. That is like the most common sleep paralysis Thing reported in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, so people like think they're getting like abducted. Ab- abducted. Yeah, there's lots and lots of um, scientists now studying whether or not all these reported alien abductions over the years are just people suffering from sleep paralysis. I don't know why it couldn't be both. Mm-hmm. I yeah, feel what like if, like the aliens make you go into a state of sleep paralysis, so you're more vulnerable to being abducted. Right, or so that you question whether or not it's actually real, mm-hmm. and no one's going to believe you. Because you're going to be like, I was sleeping. And you're going to be like, oh, you yeah. just had a bad dream. I did think that was kind of strange. And it's also, like I said before I started, um, before we went to break, it's interesting that all of the people are having the same sleep paralysis, like, you know, paralyzation and the racing heartbeat. But based on where they live, they're all seeing different things, which is, I mean, it doesn't make any sense it's just what you're subjected to, to. Maybe. I mean. Like your surroundings. Or what pe- people, what fear other people instill in you maybe yeah and like myths and folklore and but stuff. i'm not afraid different of aliens other... i have never seen aliens. i mean i'd be afraid if an alien was trying to like beam me up and probe me <laughs> maybe and then send me back down i've seen some scary ass alien movies that is true okay so trigger warning for this part we are actually going to talk about um sexual assault not really graphically but if that's something that's going to bother you then tune skip out skip ahead a little bit yeah come back in about a minute and a half two minutes so, incubus and succubus are also reported on a large percentage of people who suffer from both sleep paralysis and night terrors. And the creature may appear as a human, an animal, a spirit, an alien, like we just talked about, or nothing at all. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Um, however it appears, the experience is always the same. The person is being held down by something sitting on their chest or throat and they aggressively sexually assault them. At the end of the assault, mobility begins to return just as the monster glides from the bed. So they literally sit there and do their crap. And mm. um, If you don't know, an incubus is the spirit that attacks women and a succubus attacks men. And those are common from like old folklore. There's lots of stories. Some people think that vampires are a form of an incubus or succubus because they go after men and women. What were they in the Odyssey? Mermaids. Sirens. Sirens, Sirens yeah. are like a form of mm-hmm. succubi. Yeah, and sirens and mermaids are kind of the same. Um, these attacks occur in one out of ten people globally. So that's actually a, an alarmingly high amount of people 
that say that they have felt like they were assaulted in their sleep. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good chance, based on those numbers, that you or someone you know has encountered an incubus or a succubus, or at least this I'm experience. Ask ten people tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they're going to tell you because would you just be sitting at happy hour and be like, "Oh, guess what happened to me last night?" Do you think that could also play into the trauma thing? Maybe. I mean, there's. Like, maybe if you have gone through something like that before, I mean, the nightmares that you would have might mimic that, especially if it's, like, unresolved trauma. Possibly. I mean, I think it, the only way you would know would be to ask those one out of ten people who I, who actually reported that they had it and ask if they are trauma survivors also. I do think that um, that's probably an underreported statistic. I think it's probably higher than that yeah, because I don't think everyone would want to admit to that. I'm not sure I would tell anybody. I'd be like, oh my god, what the frick was that? Aren't there like stories of people who have had like had sex with ghosts in their sleep before that weren't like assaulted? Yeah, like can, there was that pirate lady that married the, the Not just that... her, but there are like multiple people I feel like we've seen in like ghost shows who said that they had like sexual relationships with spirits. Yeah. I mean, I Which guess if that's your kink, then go for it. But... No. All right, so we're going to talk about my experiences, and just so everybody knows, I'm being very vulnerable right now because it's it's a very personal thing. Um, I have had night terrors since I was eight. At least that's the first time I can remember having the first one, and um, I was, uh, I don't know, I was going through some shit at the time. Um, each experience I have is unique but very similar. Um, I am always it's always when I'm falling asleep, never when I'm waking up. Um, and usually under the first hour or so. And I am always convinced after that it was real. It's really hard for me not to um, reconcile it in my brain. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but I'm pretty sure minor um, PTSD from childhood trauma. And I should probably go to therapy and work some of that out. And that was one of the recommendations. Yes. But it's also kind of weird. It's a weird thing for me to admit, but I feel like I've had them for so long that they're almost kind of a part of me and my personality now. And Yeah, but you don't like them. No, I don't, but I'm not sure how I'd feel if... Because I do think it's kind of a paranormal thing. I'm not sure how I'd feel if it completely went away. I'd like to learn how to manage and maybe um, process through it a little bit more and possibly be able to control my reaction so that I can, instead of waking up and freaking out and having to go slam a ho-ho <laughs> or a cupcake... Um, actually be able to like maybe sit there long enough to to get my brain to catch up and see if it is actually something parano paranormal or just my brain wigging out. If that makes any kind of sense. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have seen I think every type of shadow person ever imaginable. I have seen giant spiders which is my least favorite because I'm terrified of real spiders let alone big huge people-sized spiders. Um, I've seen regular looking people, I've seen deformed people, big amorphous blobs, um, animals, which is not super common for me, but it has happened. Um, and my fair share of things that I can only describe as ghosts, like that is the only thing that my brain can rationalize and say that's what I think it is. Um, I have yet to see any aliens, but who knows what will happen tonight when I'm sleeping. Maybe talking about the aliens will oh trigger my subconscious, I don't know. Um, Emma can confirm that I am a very loud screamer and can give my hero, Jamie Lee Curtis, a run for her money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll make you choke. Um, I am definitely... Roman mini sleepovers ruined. 
Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that, I know. Um, I definitely would make a good final girl, just so everybody knows. Mm -hmm. I got the scream down. Um, I have scared you guys more than I can even count. It's not been as bad, knock on wood, um, lately. And poor Mike, poor my husband, as he has been through it with me, I have put him through so much. He, I, he probably has PTSD now from all the times that I have woken up and hit him because he wasn't him or I like roll over and my eyes open and I'm having a night terror and I think he's like got a knife. I mean, lots of crazy stuff happens. We do not have a gun in this house because of my night terrors and my other beliefs and things. Um, sadly, like Emma said, I um, made quite the impact on a lot of their friends during sleepovers. Yep. So, yep. And we'll just be like going to s chilling out and hear blood curdling screams. And I'm like, okay. <coughs> just not <coughs> Okay, we're not allowed to drink. Yeah. Frozen drinks anymore. Jesus Christ. I'll be like, okay, just another Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. Get the gun! Get the gun! They think there's like an intruder. Yeah. I'm it, like, nope. It's, just just it's let her just have my it. Mom, it's okay. She'll be up in a second. Yeah. Um,. I am shameless. I have no, there's, I can't do anything about it. It's just one of those things. Um, my biggest trigger, because we talked about like sleep, um, being sleep deprived and things like that, is travel actually. And um, I've rarely ever gone on a vacation and not had at least one episode of a night terror. Most of the time there's multiple, which is really, um, really sad and I'm sure probably alarming for people in the hotel room next mm -hmm. to us when I'm screaming super loudly. Um, I think my favorite night terror moment, I think it was a night terror, but I don't know, um, was when I met Opal in New Orleans. <laughs> and so Mike and I were staying at our favorite hotel in the French Quarter and it's actually known to be haunted, but not by somebody named Opal that I know of. And I had what I would consider actually to be a pretty mild night terror. And part of me kind of thinks I might have actually been having a, a ghostly experience. And I turn, it turned out that I ended up having like a full conversation with this ghost. And she was this little old lady and she was sitting on the side of the bed and something, I like my brain immediately knew her name. And I'm like, oh, her name's Opal. And she wasn't really nice or mean at first. She was just kind of sitting there looking at me like ambivalent. And... I mean, looking back at her, I'm like, what the hell? So after a while, I asked her what she wanted and called her Opal. I'm like, Opal, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and she turned and looked at me with this super scary, menacing look on her face, looked at me dead in the eyes and said, that's Junior Opal to you. <laughs> and then she got up and walked Did away. Did she like throw money at you or something? I don't remember. Maybe. She like threw something at you yeah. and was like, yeah, Junior, Junior Opal. Opal. <laughs> so every once in a while we make jokes about Junior Opal because it was just, first of all, who names their freaking daughter Junior Opal? <laughs> and why was she so pissed because I didn't know that? And it was just so <laughs> weird. So I think that was a night terror, but I could have met a ghost named Junior Opal. We are going down to New Orleans again in a few weeks, so maybe I um, will have a chance to meet up with her again. I don't... She. Remember when I told you it was, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it was laughable, but it was also really scary. Um, I have seen small children that I think were from nearby cemeteries. I don't know. Um, one of the worst experiences I've ever had, and it actually was really super hard for me to get over, was another time when just your dad and I were in New Orleans. And 
we were staying a couple blocks away from the cemetery. We were there visiting you when you were in school. And we stayed at that place that was not too far from your apartment. It was like a cute little Airbnb a couple blocks over from that really old cemetery. And our room, our Airbnb room, was just like this big wide open place that had a couch and a TV. And it had like a little sink. And then the bed and was kind of like in the open floor plan area. And then the bathroom in the back. And this actually might be the one time that it might have been sleep paralysis, but I'm not sure because it still felt like a night terror. But I woke up and there was this guy like on on top of me, like pushing my arms as hard as he could, like into the bed. And I just remember feeling how painful it was. Like I could feel the fingers like digging into my arms and I was screaming and hysterical. And your dad had the hardest time even getting me to like stop screaming. And I was like hitting him and fighting him. And it was really, it was so bad that we almost had to leave and go stay somewhere else. Like I could not, it, I could not get over it. And I fell asleep like two or three more times and kept going back into that. It was like a cycle all night long and it was horrible. And I'm not sure if that's the one where I really am not sure if it was a um, night terror or if it was something else because usually I don't go back into the same one. It's not uncommon for me to have one or two night terrors a night or like that one night I had three when we were visiting, but I've never had the same one back to back like that. And I've never had anything where I physically felt something. Usually I don't feel, I just see. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible. That was the worst one ever. Horrible. Yeah. Um, and this is my last one I'm going to share. And this is actually the conversation that um, brought about the suggestion from Jessica. Because I, even though I don't think I've ever really had sleep paralysis, I did have an experience with the night hag, or at least what I'm going to assume was a night hag, for the first time a few weeks ago. And just so everybody knows, I'm usually a side sleeper, always have been typically my left side because it faces the wall and I don't see all the creepy things out in the middle of the room. And I was watching TV and I had Violet on my chest, one of her cats. And I had fallen asleep with her on my, on my chest. And I'd only been sleeping for about an hour because I know what program I was watching. And I was jolted awake by a sound. And I scared Violet and she, which is how I know that I was like awake at this point, because she jumped off me and she was not happy and she was kind of yelling. And so I'm lying on my back and she's sitting on my chest and she jumps up and immediately when she jumps off, I see this woman standing at the end of my bed and she has this long dark hair, kind of think like the grudge, but definitely wasn't Samara, you know, mm -hmm. it was just this lady standing there. And she wasn't really fully visible she was more like translucent and i couldn't exactly see the tv behind her but i could tell that she wasn't like solid like you are and she was just standing there and she didn't really move her body at all but she did lift her head and kind of like smirk at me which of course sent me into one of my um screaming rages and and i woke your dad up just by screaming and then when i looked at him i looked back and she just kind of slowly like dissipated which was not cool it was not okay and then a week later same situation i fell asleep on my back with violet i've been watching um, lots of tv late at night and it was about an hour again later and this time i woke up because she was kind of growling and violet was not happy and she was like you know yelling and 
just so you guys know, Violet's kind of a bitch, and she <laughs> is very protective of the bed and doesn't want the other cats to come up and like disturb her when she's sleeping. And so I thought she was getting ready to try and fight like Maggie or Olive. And I'm like, God, stop it. You know, I'm tired and I'm trying to sleep and she's pissing me off. So I push her off me. And I really wish I had not done that because on the bottom of the bed behind her, like the minute she moved was the same lady. Only this time she was a little more solid and she was crouched on the bed on all fours, like literally crouched below me. Yeah. Um, she gave me the same smirk. Where am I during all You were this? upstairs or you might've been working. It might've been a Saturday. Um, she gave me the same smirk and then she literally crawled at me as fast as possible. And I don't, that's how I know it wasn't sleep paralysis. All I could think to do was scream and like cross my arms in front of my face. Like, you know, what the hell? And second scariest moment of my whole entire life. I literally, I screamed, of course. Um, when I closed my eyes and covered my face up, when I opened them, she was grinning at me still. She was still there. And she slowly just kind of started to back off the bed. And your dad was, of course, waking up at that point, And that was pretty much it. And I mean, he woke up right when she was just kind of like taking her last like little- Can you feel her? No, because she wasn't actually like on me, on me. She was like crawling. Oh, could you feel like the bed move when she crawled? I don't remember. Where did Violet go? Like, Violet just zoomed like to the right over your dad and ran out the door. So I don't know what the hell she was. I have zero idea, no idea what the hell she was. It was incredibly scary. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. So I don't know if that was sleep paralysis. I don't know if that was the Ouija hag. I have no idea what the fuck it was, but I do not like her. And I, I know that I, I used to will never sleep on my back yeah. again, ever. Never, I used to ever. have this thing where I'd be like, you know when you like startle awake when you're like right in between like trying to fall asleep and like being actually in sleep? Yeah. And you're like still, you can still hear everything around you. Where you feel like you're falling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just, you know that like you're, you're aware of the fact that you're about to fall asleep, but you can't get there all the way. I had this thing for a long time when I was younger where like when I would be in that phase, it, I would feel like, not like the falling feeling, but like, uh, I would hear like the buzzing of like a fly and it, I, I could hear it like buzzing, like an animal buzz, and I could hear it getting faster to me. And then when I would jump, like if you were to fall, it would be like, I thought it was like hitting me. Huh. That's weird. And I, that would be when I jumped. That happened to me. I haven't had that in a while, but that used to be like a regular occurrence for me. That's really creepy. And I, I don't have flies in my room. No. I mean, very strange. Yeah, it was very odd. I heard that all the time. Oh, I guess that'd be an auditory hallucination. Maybe it would scare the shit out of me. I mean, and then I'm awake because yeah. I'm like, I'm not, not messing, not trying that. to go yeah. back to sleep now. But I never had like the feeling of, oh, I'm falling. It was always like, oh, this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was almost like I could like see it out of my peripheral, periphery. That's very weird. Yeah, yeah. So you do probably have night terrors. That's probably one. Maybe. Well, I also like can tell when I'm in that same, that like weird in between. Yeah. In between yeah. where like you're vulnerable to everything. And I have started doing like the, I will like clear my throat. I'm like, <clears throat> because I, it will wake me up. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I feel like some weird shit's about to happen. So I just like clear my throat and I'm awake. I do that a lot. Caleb has asked me, like my brother will hear me like making noises and he's like, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to <laughs> wake myself up. <laughs> Talking myself off yeah. the ledge. And here. I've always talked in my sleep. Yeah. And sleep is such a weird thing. I'd like to 
I think I'm going to dive into it a little more, but... My friends I, have I, like 20 videos of me talking in my sleep and mumbling and making weird noises. Yeah, you don't talk in your sleep a whole lot here that I've noticed. Not anymore, but Hannah used to, my sister, oh my god! before I went away to college, she would have like conversations with me in my sleep because I, I would be in the room over and I'd be talking and she'd be like answering me because she thought that I was actually talking to her, but I was saying absolute fucking nonsense. And then the one thing that would wake me up would be her being like, Emma, like, <laughs> Hell. Emma, what is happening? And I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, the sleep, it's a crazy thing. I forgot to include that one time that um, your grandma and grandpa, when I graduated high school eight years, a thousand years ago, took me to Florida with them for a vacation as part of like my gift for graduating. And I had a night terror hallucination at our um, beach house which was up on stilts, like a story and a half up to keep from flooding, was on fire. And so I'm in there screaming my head off. You know, I'm sleeping in my own room. They came in to see what the hell was going on. And I literally was opening the window, getting ready to jump out. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what the hell is going on? These poor people. Mm -hmm. I literally probably think I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> well, I think our family as a whole, like the five people who live in our house have had weird histories with sleep. Mm -hmm. I sleepwalked when I was little a lot. Yeah. Like, you would wake up and find me in five rooms over. Hannah turned British one time. Yeah, my sister would, like, wake up in the middle of the night, sprint yeah. downstairs asleep. I have to tell a story about the one time that she was sleepwalking. She was probably about, what, eight or she nine? She was running. Yeah, she, she was, like, running a marathon. Yeah, she was running. And we came downstairs, so we have, like, a living room in our basement. I came downstairs. She's sitting on the couch, crisscross applesauce, eyes wide as saucers, pupils fully dilated, like, looking like she's tweaking. And I was like, what is going on? What are you doing? And this bitch replied, I don't know, but I don't like it in a British accent. And we were like, what, what? is happening? Why are you British? Um, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And she had no recollection. She like woke up. She's like, why did you guys bring me down here? We're like, we didn't bring you down here. You were running around well, like a Caleb claims that he was like, swears he was possessed at one point. Because mm -hmm. he fell asleep, felt the heavy feeling on his chest and woke up in front of your bed yeah standing, standing there paranormal activity style standing there terrifying. in front of your bed and was like why am i here how did i get here i'd walk down two flights of stairs to get there and he didn't recall going down any of them i guess we're giving good evidence for the genetic component <laughs> yeah yeah my dad is fine he's like through fucking everything yeah he does not ever ever once in a while he'll just be like Ugh! and but that's usually because he has sleep apnea that he refuses to acknowledge and mm -hmm. needs a cpap but <laughs> That's for another day. I finally got him to wear glasses, so we're working on the CPAP down the yeah. road. I guess my sleep paralysis was, like, a very mild case. Yeah. Because I felt the heaviness on my chest. Knew I'd never fall asleep on my back either, and if I do, my body's discombobulated, so I'm not, like, straight on my back. I am a stomach sleeper, 100%. Um, but I fell asleep on my back and was, like, laying there, and I felt, like, the heaviness on my chest. Knew that I couldn't move was breathing super fast. I don't recall seeing anything crazy. Just like knew that I, my eyes were open, but my body was like dead. Cemented. Yeah. And it was fucking terrifying because it's like, I thought I was dead. That'd be horrible. Well, it's like, yeah, am I dying? Like, why is my brain alive? But like my body is incapable of being moved. I'm not trying to laugh because that's sad, <laughs> but you just horrible. made the weirdest little motion. And... <laughs> that's what I felt. It looked like a crime scene <laughs> drawing. The chalk man drawing. Oh, gosh. All right, well, if you have any stories, we would love to hear them. Please make me feel normal. Send me some stories of you having experiences also because I can't be the only one that has had this since they were a kid. I mean, I know people who have nightmares and stuff, but 
I don't know. Um, I am actually getting ready to, Emma's not going this time, sadly, but getting ready to go to New Orleans for a week because we have our anniversary trip coming up and I'm going to bring my um, ghost hunting equipment. Hopefully I'll get some good stuff for you. And then Emma and I and everybody are hopefully going to go to Kentucky soon. We're going to try and hit up Bobby Mackey's. And, mm -hmm. So we've got to take a trip to maybe Tennessee. We'll be in the mountains. So yeah. Got, try some, to got some cool shit coming. Avoid mountain people. But look for Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome. I'm skinwalkers. Yeah. So, no skinwalkers. Oh my god. We're not going to Tennessee now. <laughs> Change of plans. But so we're gonna try and get you an episode next week. Hopefully, we have a lot going on. We have a retirement party for my husband. Congratulations, Mike. Just retired from teaching for 25 years. So lots of big things coming up. We'll try and bring you something small. Mm -hmm. Anything, maybe we'll do like a little cryptic corner or something. Yeah. So thank you again for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please follow us on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast. Um, I also want to say a lot has happened globally since our last episode. Um, that's probably weighing heavy on some people. Uh, just want to make sure everyone's doing okay. Try to take care of each other. Try to take care of yourself. Try not to get overloaded with sad news because there's a lot of it. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. And we are here if you ever need to talk. Um, you can like and follow us on your preferred listening platform. Leave a five-star rating. And you can send us any stories via email at monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts. <laughs>